Hey, this is Brian from Weird Defiance, and you're listening to You Guys Are Getting Paid. Hi, this is Tom from Galleons, and you're listening to You Guys Are Getting Paid. Hi, this is Lucas from Dreamia. You're listening to You Guys Are Getting Paid. This is Q from Tribal Gaze, and you are listening to You Guys Are Getting Paid. Hey, this is Jordan from Death Rose, and you're listening to You Guys Are Getting Paid. What's up? This is Michael from Micah Relocate, and you are listening to You Guys Are Getting Paid. This is Jack of the That's Canon Pod, and you are listening to the You Guys Are Getting Paid podcast. Back at it again with another East Texas Celebrity episode. Derek, did you ever listen to the Goo Goo Dolls after our show? Finally, somebody who knows what Zanga is. Also, more MySpace talk. Diving deep into a bullet for pretty boy and plotting you secrets. How to clean up your band's image 101. Logan Moody looking at you. Have you ever not worn shoes when you're playing a show? Didn't shit on Scarlett O'Hara this time, but we did mention them. Welcome to You Guys Are Getting Paid. I am your host, Patrick Sanders, the music podcast where we talk to people that I know from the past or sometimes I don't know them at all. Today we are meeting with a very special guest, Derek Seacrest, not Ryan's brother. Sorry, Derek, had to do it. He was previously in A Bullet for Pretty Boy and The Plot in You, and he does uh, some fun things now with his, with his self and music and with some other homies. But what we're talking about is how he got started and where he is today. This is a really tight episode. I've been waiting a long time to do it. It means a lot to me. Also, thank you so much for listening. If you're ever wanting to be on our show, feel free to email us at youguyspod at gmail.com. This was a really fun one to make, and I really enjoyed doing it just because Derek's a really cool person, and he's somebody that I've always you know, really appreciated and looked up to. Uh, we didn't really, I didn't really tell him that because I didn't want to you know, get him too weirded out in the podcast, but he definitely is somebody that, you know, helped shape someone like me in the East Texas music scene just because he was so involved and he's, 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 he's Derek Zoolander, but realistically, you know, it's, it's just, he helped a lot of people get off the ground and helped a lot of things in East Texas get off the ground. So it's always a pleasure to be able to talk to somebody like that. We are going to have a preview of a plot new song in this one, and we're going to have a full one at the end of the song, uh, end of the podcast. So buckle up, enjoy the ride. Thanks again for listening, and hope you enjoy. See ya. And I will laugh in the face of the fuck that betrayed me. One by one, you will say his petty words. And one by one, I will tear his limbs apart. One by one, I will tear your limbs apart. And your friends, fuck, fuck them all. Alright, so, joining us now is as you heard in the intro i like doing two intros sue me is derek seacrest derek how are you how we doing i'm good yeah, man. Doing, it, wow i was gonna say the same thing jinx <laughs> um no dude doing good it's friday morning it's uh cold as shit and it's there's snow everywhere like, where where are you even living now I, I don't i don't remember denver you're in denver yeah okay wow that's probably way colder there than here in tejas it's it's it was like six last night and I was like nah jeez no thanks man no thanks I was like it's pretty horrible but uh, how how's your how's your 2022 going 2022 is going good so far man uh, I mean one weekend and nothing much has changed actually you know big news I just found out I'm having another baby I'm having kid number two uh, I found out last week so that that's going into 2022 uh, big news damn congratulations that's pretty awesome thanks, man yeah. And you're, uh, how old is your uh, your firstborn? Man, he's two, two years old, little shit. Damn, that's crazy. How do you, how, how, uh, it's, that's insane. Yeah. How do you like being a dad? Oh, man, I loved it, man. Uh, you know, kind of, 
kind of got thrown at me like a curveball, but it's one of those things where you either adapt or die. So, <laughs> dude, I I bet. Um, obviously, I have zero experience. I'm going to take your word for it. Very sure. We start every interview off the same, so let's start off. What what have you been listening to, man? Man, I really only listen to music uh, if I'm in the car or if I'm at the gym. Uh, when I'm in the car, I'll probably I'll I'll try and turn on like an alternative radio station and just see what they're playing, or I'll see what's current, you know, just to stay stay in the loop. But I I still I still at the gym listen to to either metalcore or or some some version of metal from 2008 to 2013. I mean, like <laughs> that's that's literally all I listen to still to this day. Um, it's okay, we all do. Don't worry. Yeah. There's so many of us. I'll, I'll try and find new bands in that in that you know vein, but uh, you know it's just not the same like, for me uh, as it was from I that agree. era. So I still listen to a lot of that. I mean, overall, not not a whole lot of new music these days, but uh, but yeah. What are your go-to albums when you're listening to that? Oh, I still go back to uh. Let's see. I listen to old Oceano. Um, I'll listen to any any White Chapel <laughs> album. Uh, it, pretty much anything that, that that gets the blood flowing because I'm obviously I'm at the gym. Uh, let's see. What else do I listen to? I listen to Architects. That's I listen to all their stuff that they put out, and they put out albums. Um, so I guess if there's newer stuff, it's any Architects album. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I oh, definitely. <laughs> oh, go ahead. What is it? <laughs> Oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, I still, I still, I jammed the new Under Oath record, which I love. But uh, I mean, I, I'm still listening. To They're only chasing safety every day. Classic, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's. I mean, you have to. You have to. I actually saw them in September, and it was incredible. Did you really? Yeah, I went to Furnace Fest, and uh, oh, dude, how was that? Dude, it was insane. Um, there was so many bands that were really the most. One I remember was from Autumn to Ashes. Well, I guess oh, I, dude, that would have been. Speak, but um, yeah, dude, they were incredible. We were like right up front, um, and then who else was really good? Under Oath was ob- obviously uh, really good, um, but they played when the sun sleeps. Oh, really? Yeah, which was pretty wow bonkers. Um, I would have known how to what to do with that. That's that's pretty crazy. We were just like standing out oh. watching, and we were just like, "Damn, this is." They're playing this. This is incredible. And everybody around us was like, oh, my God. They were obviously the biggest Under Oath fan of all time because people were, like, running. Everyone was free. I would. I I mean, I, I don't know when the last time they played that. I mean, They said it knows, was, like, 18 but, uh, years ago because, like, they, Jesus. they were – because Spencer was like, yeah, because Aaron was with them. So – Yeah. Uh, which was awesome because I had never seen them play with him before. I've seen him, like, three or four times, but not ever, like, as, oh, the, oh. you know, Under Oath we know. Yeah, for sure. I think I saw him once, once with uh, Aaron before, before they got the new guy and what, whatever album Discombobulation or yeah, Discombobulation. Yeah. <laughs> what is it called? Um, I think it's Discombobulation. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> Discombobulation. Uh, that's what I'm gonna name my next album now. That's Discombobulation. it. Discombobulation. Oh fuck. But yeah, it was it was excellent. There were so many good bands. Beloved played. Uh, they played. They made new music. For Furnace Fest, just for the just for the <laughs> festival, huh? Wow! Yeah. Hey, I, w- that was so why not, cool, dude. It was so cool. We were all standing there, like, "What? <laughs> what is this?" 
And man, yeah, I was late on the game on that whole festival. I didn't see until like the day everyone's posting about it, and uh, I, I had no idea that it was going on on that that level of that many bands. It was crazy. So it was. I had seen it before, and then um, Geo actually moved to Birmingham, and then I ended up becoming friends with somebody that he became friends with down there. And so okay. we went down and just like had a spot to stay, and we went. And my wife knew like some of the bands. There like not as many as I thought she was gonna know, but she knew bands that I didn't know. So like I guess she's a huge cartel fan, and neither one of us knew. Yeah, like, <laughs> wow. we were watching. And she's like, I know, I know every single song they're playing, and I'm like, damn, wow. They just had a whole bunch of bands that had just come back from the dead, basically, to play, which was like, yeah, that's what it seemed like. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of the thing. They're doing it again this year, and it's basically just like, hey, um, bands that are getting back together, which I saw yesterday that Maylene, I guess, is back together, so I would be hard-pressed to say that they don't play. Wow. That I, I didn't hear that. Birmingham. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm, there's a, I got into a Furnace Fest group, which is how I found out about it, because somebody that was like filming the music video for whatever they're doing like posted a thing and was like, look. And I was just like, oh, wow. And it's with Dallas. So pretty cool, man. Wow. Yeah. I'd... Pretty, pretty incredible. Um, yeah. So he definitely is posted some crazy things on Facebook, which is why I don't think he has one anymore. But the band is still <laughs> going to be pretty oh, sick. Probably for the best for some people, you know. Yeah, it might be the case for him, too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. All right. I guess for me. I the last thing I was listening to. Oh God, I was listening to the Eminem show. It roast me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna hate on it. It's uh, definitely my favorite. I got up on Spotify today, and it was like trending for you. And it was like a couple of albums, and I was like the Eminem show, huh? And I was like, mm, let's click on it. Let's let's go. Uh, and then what else have I been listening to? Listen to some Madonna and the Goo Goo Dolls and Weird Al. Oh wow. You've got so much more culture than I do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I still, uh, if you go down a little bit further, it's plot to bomb the panhandle. So <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'm going to have to venture out in, in from this conversation. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the gym today and I'm going to put on some goo goo dolls or something and see, see what kind of mood that gets me in. He's like, these guitars are so light and the music is like at 80. <laughs> What's going on? The weight's going to go down on everything. <laughs> What's the deal, man? <laughs> um, all right. So I guess let's jump right into the uh, interview. So for those of you who don't know Derek, he is in two, he was in two bands. He's still in these bands. No, he was in two bands that I prominently know and think of that enjoy to this day. Um, Bullet for Pretty Boy and The Plot and You. Is there anything else that I'm missing there? I mean, no, those are probably the only ones worth uh, worth noting. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm a big fan of both of those. I still listen to many an album from both of those bands, if I'm being honest. Absolutely. I'm on the Spotify listener thing that Dana posted. That's me. Um, so <laughs> we met ages and ages ago. I don't know if you remember the first time you met me. but I, I, I was going to ask you. I was trying to think, man. How I, I remember like the... A few year bracket that it could have been in, but I don't remember us meeting exactly. So I, I remember, remember my first memory of it, and it was at the VFW, and <laughs> you had broken your SD. Yeah, you had like broken your SD. Oh, which made, time, bro? Like, I don't know, <laughs> like the the show before, but y'all were playing with. Um, okay. In Fair Verona was playing in Sirens. Oh shit! Oh shit! Yeah! Um, wow, dude! It was like a good, like 
like those bands were sick. Um, Dude, that was such a cool time for local uh, hardcore metal. It was, stuff, wasn't it? You know? Like, dude, In Favorite Run yeah. was so good. They were. They were a cool band. Um, and that was the that I just remember you being outside with your guitar, and then you were like, "Yeah, I broke this yesterday," and you were talking to two other dudes, and then I came and started talking. They're like, "Do you know who that is?" And I was like, "No." They're like, "That's Derek from A Bullet for Pretty Boy, dude." And that was the first time I like met you, and then it was like all history because then I was around for yeah I was gonna say once once we met we were we were kind of connected for for a handful of years just through the through the music scene right so um that's that's definitely my first thing so that was probably I don't know man two thousand eight probably like fall of two thousand eight yeah yeah that's it's gonna be two thousand eight I think exactly because uh. Because that's when we were finally traveling outside of Longview, and that was before we traveled very far outside of Longview. So that was probably about right. Yeah, and like I think one of I think my very first show that I saw, you guys played it, but I didn't get to see you guys. I actually saw Danon's band before he was in Bullet. No, you saw uh, Embrace, Embrace the, the New. New. Yeah, it was at it was at friendly. Dude, that- it was a friendly show, and Scott was. He was might have been. Because very soon after Dana was in the band, so it could have very well been. It probably was that show. If he, if they, because we didn't play many shows with Embrace the New, but we were uh, our guitar player was really good friends with Dana. And I, I would imagine it was probably that show that we were like, all right, we need this guy. Dude, he was you so know? sick. It, I remember being like, yeah, that <laughs> it was like only that was back when he he, he I th- did he have his long metal hair yes. still or did he have, okay yeah. <laughs> baggy like Jinko jeans. Yeah. I I, re- I remember first. But it wasn't the first practice because I wanted to break him in. It was shortly after that we got this this true metalhead looking like he's a in a corn cover band, and uh, and, and we get two or three practices in, and and I'm talking to the guys. I'm like, all right, I, I'm gonna talk to him now, and I'm like sitting down with him. I'm like, hey man, like we're not trying to like tell you to change your style, but but we all look different. <laughs> I inside, I should have just let him wear the damn parachute pants, and and maybe it would have worked out, but. No, we had to like have a sit down of like, okay, man, this is this is what we are going for, uh, <laughs> and you're not quite, <laughs> dude. I, it's good to know that you guys are real people just like us. Now, I feel like every band <laughs> has had that conversation with like somebody where they're like, "Hey, man, just like a little bit tighter jeans." <laughs> like, in some way form or fashion you know y'all you always got to tighten ship uh, we we struggled with with that image thing for uh you know pretty much in a bullet pretty boy the entire the entirety of the band we were all pulling in different directions for for image and uh i remember i remember one it was like one of our first tours uh and our, our one of our manager i forget who our first manager was but he came out to see us and he just like laid into us because we've got our keyboard player wearing like a sweater vest I'm wearing all black, trying to be cool. Uh, Dane probably is too. Our our other guitar player was a hipster, so he's got like a fedora on. We were just all over the place, and the guys like, "You guys need to pick a lane," and and figure it. And I was like, "Yeah, you're probably right. We uh, we're all over the place with uh with our get ups here." Damn, that's so crazy. Because as someone that like grew up, it's feel weird to say this, but like grew up watching a Bullet for Pretty Boy. That's like one of the things we always loved was that like everyone was so them. Kind of yeah, you know, I I looking back, it's like those kind of things where where if we had a little bit more, a little bit of a head on our shoulder, we were so young, we, we might have just been like, "Fuck you," uh, you know, we're gonna do what we want, but we're sitting there listening to every word anybody who means anything has to say. We're like, okay, we gotta yeah. we gotta do that. We all have to look the same. 
when, uh, you know, in reality, we probably were just fine. We used to not wear shoes in Wham. And I remember a Tragic Hero rep came to see us and they were like, y'all look stupid. And we were like, <laughs> no, he did not. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, what? They're like, it's not professional to not wear shoes. And we were like, oh. Dude, on the contrary, because, you know, uh, you probably know. In my early days, I didn't wear shoes for like two years. Yeah, I think and, that's and probably I, where I got it from, if I'm being honest. <laughs> well, you know, I got it from somebody. And my point was, I definitely got it from somebody. And I say this, I, I got it from somebody in an established band, but it, it was probably a, a, from a band that I thought was established at the time that wasn't. So we were probably all just not wearing shoes thinking we were cool. But uh, I think it was like Oceana, back, like way back before they... Put, when they uh, put out the tide, or right before they put out the tide, and it was their singer Keith didn't wear shoes, or a few of them didn't wear shoes, and I was like, "Well, they're famous, so I'm not going to wear <laughs> shoes." And we were, we were playing for 20 people, you know, on the floor somewhere, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, I need to do what they do because they're famous. Right. But it's just because I love I love their music. No, I definitely we didn't for so long, and then at one point they were like, "Logan looks like he's from Pantera, and you look like you're in a redneck band. Y'all need to figure it out." Yeah, you know, everybody comes to a point where you kind of you kind of got to realize you need to gel a little bit just so it makes sense to. Yeah. To the so then we all jogged in place wearing black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, it's so funny. We all ended up there, right? Yeah, we at did. some point. One hundred percent. Everybody, every you couldn't fight it. You're you were jogging in place. And I, I don't know if you ever did the. Uh, 2008, 2009 flex, like where you, you flex your muscles. <laughs> yeah. First person I saw do that, um, that band Gwen Stacy. Oh, I do man. Yeah, I, re- I remember being on MySpace at like three in the morning, and uh, and I'm going through so, like trying to look for new music, and I just hear, "This is no more a war than a war between men and maggots. <laughs> this is an extermination." Did it in that breakdown, and I'm just, I like shit my pants. I'm like. I wake up my brother. I'm like, you have to hear this now. And he's like, dude, fuck you. It's not that cool. <laughs> I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And he's sitting there flexing. So I was doing that for a long time too. <laughs> dude, I remember that Gwen Stacy. What a fucking gym. I was, I literally, I talked to one of my buddies that used to live in Longview. And I'm like, dude, Gwen Stacy. And he's like, yeah, dude, I still remember Gwen Stacy. And I'm like, there's Hell just yeah, they, not a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. They, they were such, such a short lived. They came, they came up so quick and then they disappeared so quick. Uh, so yeah, you didn't unless you were there in that time, you didn't really get a chunk of them. No, right? Um, okay, so that's actually a really good segue. What was the first band that made you want to like do music stuff? Like, oh man, probably either ACDC or Blink One Eighty Two. As far as like music, I heard. Uh, I'm thinking both of those answers. It, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I my my dad got my mom a uh, ACDC like black and black re release when they it, I don't forget what year it was, and um I stole that from my mom and and once I heard that I was like what is this because before then we were pretty sheltered in what we got to listen to so ACDC was was definitely edgy and then uh I remember Blink One Eight Two being on my now four CD uh, all the small things. And so that's the only song I'd, I'd listen to Holy on now shit. four. I think now four, I'm pretty sure. Or now Amazing. eight. It was one of two. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would kind of imagine myself, you know, playing music and being in a band, being a rock star. I was probably 10 years old, listening to all small things by Blink-182. And, and that's how that started. You're like, I want to be in a band with a flaming fuck sign too, man. <laughs> 
I think all that was lost on me at the time. I just thought they were so cool. And um, yeah, I, then I begged my parents to get me a, a guitar for Christmas. It was probably Christmas or two after all that. What was your first fifth grade? Guitar? Man, it was a Bentley, which which I'm I'm assuming is some off brand. You know, I, I've never heard of it before or since, <laughs> but uh, it's just like one of those off brand guitars. You know, it looked like a Stratocaster knockoff. It was a uh, just basic black and white. I mean, about the basic, most basic guitar you could get. But uh, I played the the shit out of that, and I think I only had that for like a year or two. And my parents were like, "Oh, he's actually serious about this." And I, I got upgraded to an Ibanez after that, and hey. played that for years. Yeah, I mean that was a big step up. Yeah, no kidding. I think they 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 think they found my first guitar at a garage sale, and then walking into an actual music store for my second guitar, I was like, I have made it, man. <laughs> 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 he's like i can't wait to go to action sound bro <laughs> with munt music munt man music. Munt music you know it yeah. you know it that's amazing <laughs> what was your very first project it wasn't bullet was it no oh, so if we're gonna get yeah, real with my very first name. project we always ask yeah we oh okay so i mean mind you very first project is gonna be like fifth or sixth grade yeah. josh trammell the original drummer for uh a bullet for pretty boy he and i <laughs> have been friends since third grade and and so how we started get get started playing music, we were at uh, a church retreat, and and we were listening to the band. And there was this uh, for me, there was this young guitar player that was just like probably probably a senior in high school, maybe young college kid. I just thought he was the coolest dude ever. We we listened to the to the band. You know, sermon goes on afterwards. We're still t- thinking about the music, and one of the two of us is like, dude, we we have to start a band. And uh, I was like, man, I really want to play drums. And Josh was like, no, I already have a drum set, so I play drums. And I was like, shit, well, I guess guitar. So that the only reason I really, like, I always wanted to be a drummer, but that day he was like, no, man, I already play drums. And I'm like, well, shit, all right, guitar it is. So that moment I could have been a drummer, who knows, if we, would, uh, if we could go back in time only. Uh, and so we got started playing, playing in his garage, I mean, all the time, and we were called get ready for this vertical string i kid you not vertical string uh was our first band name in in fifth grade that's uh that's definitely one of the best ones we've heard on the show ever <laughs> like you're, it's pretty it's pretty up there honestly we we uh we didn't have any like set songs we were just jam but but i made an album cover so we had an album cover but we didn't have any songs. And I remember there was like a basketball and like a clip art bass on it or something. It was it was it was bad. If if I still had those then uh that would be some gold. But uh then let's see here. Then we went to Emerald Sky. We changed our name to Emerald Sky. Uh which was a slight step up from Vertical Street. <laughs> it's 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 a bit. It's a bit higher, yeah. I'd say. It's more palatable. Uh and then we went to Morona, which, which like was when we were kind of, Holy I think shit. we were, I know that name. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, we were in target. That's how we got our band name. There's a brand called Morona and we're, we're playing hide and go seek in tar- target or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> and, uh, I see this brand Morona and I'm like, we just have to spell it different. And I remember the first way we spelled it was so, so weird and bad that it was pronounced differently. So we made stickers and stuff and people were like, Myrana. And I'm like, shit, paying attention in English would have been nice. Yeah, it says Myrana. So then we changed it. We we spelled it slightly different than the clothing brand. Uh, and that, that was kind of the first band that we actually, like, 
wrote music and 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 started playing shows was was Morona. That probably was like freshman year in high school. Um, and uh, I remember we lost a battle of the bands. You guys ever and I was like in there after. And uh, oh, in there after, man, I feel like I feel like we definitely. If he did, did, it probably would have been his Morona. Just like I was like, man, that yeah, been, that was like the White House uh, band full of like the football. Players. Okay, yes, yes, no, that and, and that was with Morona. Yeah. yeah, we played at Friendly at Friendly with them. That's how no, we met all of them, Caleb and yeah. and uh, yeah, Caleb, Jeff. yeah, and Hunter. Was Franklin. Jeff in that band? Um, I think he came later. He might Jeff have. There later. was God. There were so many. Uh, when we all found out, like it was, it was like all the football players. So I know when we, all, I remember when I found out, I was like, these fuckers are in like a. Like, a, I think at the time, I like the only band I knew was like, uh, well, I was, it'll come back to me. I'll remember the name in a minute. But um, I was like, they, they're in a band like that. And then I saw it at a church one time and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know the guys at the time, but, but they were kind of our first, uh, first friends from, from that area. Yeah. I remember that would we, make we, sense. We kind of, yeah. I know at one point, Hammer was in that band a long, t- a long way, yes. way down the road. Oh my God, that that's I was trying to think of who who was in that it's band that I really knew. Freaking Hammer. Yeah, I haven't talked to him in years. That's the guy. Uh, so then I'm guessing for Morona, it turned into a bullet for Pretty Boy. It's oh well, yeah. Well, so we lost a battle of the bands, and I was like, well, this is going nowhere. <laughs> so we we gave up on everything because we lost one battle of the bands. Then we decided to do pop music for like two weeks, <laughs> and we we hated it, and uh. And then we went to Bullet for Pretty Boy. So yeah, I pretty much segued straight into that. And that stuck, obviously, for <laughs> indefinitely, essentially. Uh, yeah. yeah. So wait, who that, who was in Morona that was in also in Bullet? Was it? I, I think just Trammell and I. Well, Trammell and I and, and Scott, the original. Right. The original. Uh, and uh, J-Mod. J-Mod was in Morona. He was late, but he was in Morona. Matt Jackson was actually an original member of Morona. What? Yeah, you didn't know that. No, <laughs> he dude. He was a wiry freaking. He was two years younger than us, yeah. so you know we're young. We're fourteen. He's twelve, and and we we had kind of gotten past that that adolescent hump. We had hit puberty basically, and so we were a little bit more grounded. Mind you, we're still fourteen, right? But being around him, being just a little bit younger at that time was was a whole different thing. Uh, I think if you talk with him, he'd probably say the same thing. Uh, I just remember. Our mom at the time was still taking us to shows because I mean we're fourteen and he's twelve, so right. But my mom was just like, "Guys, we got to do something about Matt. He's he's just energy, energy, energy." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, he's crazy." As we're you know bouncing off the walls ourselves, he must have been pretty bad. But that's how we met Matt. Dude, that's blowing my mind. Yeah, man. That guy's. I, nice. I forget how we how we came across him. Like I, you know, he's he's MySpace in a different school. Yeah, probably <laughs> MySpace, or maybe we heard him play or something. But he he was definitely like the the hidden gem in the band, and we knew he was good. But we were like, maybe in a few years, dude. He's like the best fucking musician in like East Texas. I know. It, even then, he was man. Like I mean, it, he he made us all look bad, but it was too early to tell how good he was going to be. But right, I remember thinking like, this kid is nuts for twelve years old. His new band, just natural, you know, profit or I can't something profit post post profit. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw them a couple times when I was in Longview, and it was just really good, man. I uh, I haven't seen them, but I've heard them. I did see Jed's new band, Gorgeous Jetson, and they're fucking incredible. 
I just I just saw on Facebook that he was in a new band, so I, I'll have to check them out. Dude, I I had not seen Jed play with a band since like numerals. Numerals, yeah. And so <laughs> um, I saw this the other day because there's a there's a Curtain Club in Van now, and it's like the same people that own the Curtain Club in Dallas, I guess. Yeah, yeah. or I Ben heard Wheeler about that. or some shit. And, ben Wheeler is where it's at. Yeah. And I saw a Gorgeous Jets in there, and I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "This is shit, super good." I was like, so they're based out of the uh, Jed's band's based out of Tyler, huh? I think so. I mean, they play, it's, it's all the same. It's all a bunch of Tyler dudes that I know. So I assume so. Um, yeah, but it's interesting. It's pretty, it's pretty damn good. If I do say so myself, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. So we move into the bullet years. Um, what was your favorite local venue to play at when you first started out doing that stuff? I mean, let's be honest. The bridge was where it was at. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of our that was our home because half our band went to church there. Eventually, our entire band, pretty much Bullet for Pretty Boy, was the worship band. You know, interchanging a few people uh, at at the bridge. So it, it was it was our second home, and we had a really good relationship with uh, Andrew, the uh, the youth pastor. And man, that, that was a good. We had a good thing that going there. Awesome. For for many years, it, 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 I I I fully put, uh, think that the bridge being so open with letting us have shows and doing that was the reason why the scene at that time kind of peaked. It hasn't been the same since, just numbers wise. There's been just as good as music coming out of East Texas, but the bridge gave just that big mid size, you know, six hundred cap plus venue to to fill up uh, and actually get the music out. You know, that doesn't exist anymore no. out there. No, not like not that, at all. and like so many awesome bands. I mean, I remember, I remember like being in like our first couple of bands. Like, if you could play at the bridge, that was making it. Like that, that was dope. Yeah, no, um, I, it was, like, it was because we got to play with Emery once, and that was awesome. And then like, I'll tell you what, Kevin Dunlap changed the game for us because you know, we, we, yeah, he 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 put bands like Emery, Acidies Burn. I mean, Skites Airplane. He, he put them in Longview, which He's before legend. that. Pretty much was unheard of, dude. The He Is Legend show. I remember going out there with Jared to that show, and that show was <laughs> insane, dude. So they they were actually the first. They were the first like national act to come through uh, Longview, and I remember we we were opening for them, and we were just like, dude, I can't. This is right. nuts. Like that's when we thought we had made it. It was our first like show, like especially hometown with the big band, and so they're, they're sharing our backline, right? And uh, I don't I don't remember the guy's name, but it was the guitar player that that had the shaved head, a little rough around the edges. Well, we're you know seventeen year old kids, and they're thirty year old dudes. So I don't think they're amused by you know they're just not really there to hang out like we were at the time. Uh, I remember he looked. At, I had a I had a uh, HDFX Marshall setup. I mean, my very first full size rig, not a good rig. And he looks at it, and he has to use it. And he just shook his head, and he looked at me and did not say a word to me the entire night. And I remember being like, this guy's going to kick my ass because my gear sucks. <laughs> I was terrified of that guy. They ended up being really That's nice. Amazing. <laughs> but yeah, that that was my first impression of, like, this guy's not about Was me it one of those fucking MGs? Is that what it was? It, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the MG... Yeah series those we all had yeah, them back then you know they were six hundred dollars for like, the rig yeah oh yeah we bought an yeah. ffk on the back and we were like well fuck 
terrible tone uh but you know it was a full-size rig so so everybody bought them back then <laughs> that's exactly the truth so, well if you were gonna point out like your favorite show that you saw or played at the bridge uh i mean getting to see emery or acidies burn for me emery getting to see them at the bridge was kind of surreal because because that was the band that that really inspired my early music just the the question and the week's end both of those albums inspired you know a lot of what i wrote so seeing them was as far as watching was was the apex and playing wise was when we did our cedar release uh when a bullet free boy did our cedar release there uh, that was one of the last times we played there but that was the most people we had ever gotten in there and uh i remember it was over 400 people which for like a long view show was just you know we were really proud to find 400 people that wanted to listen to metal and <laughs> right yeah i remember mine i remember going i didn't go to a whole bunch of bridge shows because we were in Longview for some reason we all thought it was far to go to Longview. i don't understand that now but the we came as romans were alive show. oh dude i for, I you know i'm sitting here i forgot about that one that was a good one like before they that, were that was bands during right? their ep cycle i want to say but yeah. it was before they had put out that that one single off the new album that had like the the stuff yes. that made them blow up I, the orchestra stuff that blew my mind the, the, the plan a seed album, album i actually they just did that tour where they're done playing those songs for absolutely forever oh and wow so, like i went to the, yeah it was uh, i went to the show and it was they played for like two hours wow and it was like 20 songs that i was just like man because there's no kyle so like dave's doing all the singing too and i'm just like man this guy is was, like giving his was all. he uh was he pretty pretty on like he was great yeah yeah i guess they they're then i haven't like really listened to a bunch of the newer stuff that had come out but i guess dave's been singing for like a hot minute on some of the stuff oh good man and so it sounded really good and like the andy the bassist like does a lot of the screaming where ah dave would do you it know i had i had my first beer oh. ever with uh with andy from we came as romans Really, yeah, we were in we were in Canada, and you know I I grew up pretty sheltered, so I I had I think I was nineteen, and you can get a beer, you know, in Canada when you're nineteen, and and he was like, let's go get a beer, and I was like, oh, I'm only nineteen. He's like, dude, we're in Canada, and I was like, well, I've never had a beer, and we went and got a Blue Moon at the bar across the street from the venue, and he sh- he showed me the whole squirt the li- or squirt the orange and stir it, and I thought I was I was cool shit drinking a beer there with uh with Andy from We Came as Romans. Kind of dope. Honestly. Yeah, it, it was. A, it was. A, it's a good memory because he, dude, they were. They were such nice guys. I mean, they were the weirdest dudes ever, especially at the time. I don't know if much has changed, but they were just like goobers, man. Like <laughs> that cracked me up. But such a dysfunctional, functional group of guys where they're always goofing around. And you never know who's serious, and then it gets tense a lot. And but they're somehow that's their dynamic. It, they were an interesting group of guys. I bet it was. I bet that was a cool time to go do all of that yeah absolutely okay so co- let's go let's rewind a little bit so you guys put out some mad bangers that i should still show people today as in only time will tell and wisdom mm-hmm. the original versions though i mean I, i'll show them the ones on spotify but the og ones are gas it's hard to find some of those uh some of those original versions of those songs it's, i mean most of them are on youtube but like windows you, you chris can't even find it we have no originals of the of the windows song the uh demo Really? So if you find them, you let me know. <laughs> I will. I I only time will tell is the one I always have a hard time finding because there's just like a 
Yeah, that one. So we did that one separately. So you can tell yeah. by the recording. Yeah, there's just a set that a part like where Josh hits some notes and you're just like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And it's insane. So then you guys get signed to Artery, if I'm not mistaken. You're one of the first bands signed to actual Artery Recordings. Yeah, I think it was us and uh, Barry Tomorrow. Barry yeah. Tomorrow? Shit, I forgot about them. And a couple others. I forget who. They were like Attila. Was it Attila too? Yeah, it was, yeah. man. Holy there was shit. Th- I don't know why I remember this, but there was like four of you guys. But also because there, there was, was four. There was four bands. I can't remember what the last one was, which I don't know. But Attila was definitely like the. the yeah, that. that that was the. I mean, who knew at the time? But that was definitely the one that Dustin <laughs> took off compared to everybody. <laughs> yeah, in a massive way. Yeah. Um. And so you guys, you guys put out the first album, which is Deceiver. Re- uh, Re- Revision Revised. Revision Revised. What, yeah. Uh, the first yes, track was called Deceiver. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh-huh. I I was like something I know. <laughs> um. And then you guys are on the road. You guys are do- doing the thing. Yeah, we, we did. We actually me. went straight. We, we, we did the We Came As Romans Asking Alexander tour and went straight to the studio from there. We, so we had had all the album written and we played most, you know, a handful of the songs. Well, all the songs from the album we played on that, that tour. But yeah, we did, we did four, four or five weeks with uh, We Came. It was the coolest tour. It was it Asking was. Alexandria, We Came As Romans from first to last and our last night. Yeah. What a cool lineup, you know? Was, I, man. I remember that all too well because we, I worked with Jared, and so he was just gone from work. Yeah, work yeah. Ever. <laughs> but we went to the show. <laughs> was I that was uh, at, Papa Murphy's? Yeah. And we went nice. to the show at Ridgely, though, and it was fucking incredible. Yeah, dude, I, that was that tour. Man, it, it really spoils you to like, because that was our first tour after getting signed. And so we're, we're it's sold it. out every night. And so we're like, well, we definitely are there. We made it, you know? <laughs> so. Uh, it, it's kind of hard going from doing that right off the bat, and then you start getting those like mid grade tours, and you're like, "Oh shit, I thought we were past this." Um, but yeah, that tour straight into the studio, and then after that, we we hit the road full time. But it really, it really kind of was hard. Those first, uh, we uh, we were getting tour offers that were that were just not stuff we wanted to take, and we had to take certain things because we thought we needed to stay on the road. So that first year was definitely rough. Uh, just trying to get the right, uh, the right tours and stuff. Can I ask you what you mean by that when you say that? When you're like, there's stuff that we got offered that we wanted to take. But oh, I, I can't think of specifics. But I mean, so we did a tour. Of, well, no, this like, one... not necessarily like the bands, but like, what does that mean? For you? Like when you see it. So, right? so like you know, we we, we were trying to be we we wanted to go out with bands like Asking or We Came as Romans or bands in that vein. Obviously, we're not trying to go do big, huge, sold out tours. I mean, we were, but. Uh, but then we we did a tour. We had a, we compromised because we wanted to be on the road, and we did a tour with like Arsonist, get all the girls, and Oceano, Oceano, not uh. So like uh, tours like that, you know that there's not much so of a heavy. crossover. Yeah, <laughs> at the especially at the time because there was such a divide between the heavy stuff and the and the more uh, melodic metalcore. Um, you, oh yeah, you, people you, were fucking haters. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, it, people were like, man, fuck that. Bitch ass oh, dude. music, and you're just like, damn, I just like breakdowns and beautiful songs. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> you know, and we, so we committed to, you know, a six week tour, for instance, just that one. And it was like six weeks of like more often than not, we were not getting new fans and it was rough. So you know, that was just an example. But there was a handful of tours like that where 
where we were trying to wait out for something. It, and at the time, you think you need to be on the road all the time. That's not really the case, but we thought we needed to compromise. Okay, we'll go out on this one, even though like you do six weeks on a bad tour, it's it's kind of rough on on the morale, you know, just yeah, the dynamic between between band members too. It gets tense. Um, but yeah, that. Uh, but then I think maybe six months after the album was released, we did uh, Pierce the Veil. And uh, who else was on that? Silverstein. Wow. And and uh, I forget, I forget who else was in the middle of that. But yeah, so that, that and that was another sold out tour, and uh, kind of gave us faith in humanity again. And uh, yeah, I don't remember what we did much after that. But I just remember, besides those two tours, it was really hard for us to uh, get out on something we fig- we felt like was going to help uh, help the album and help us. You know, absolutely. I know during this time, I know that you had always sing in the band, but at one point you pretty much take on like a majority of the singing because Josh wasn't in the band. Dude, anymore. yeah, that was the that was that was a hard time because you know Josh. Yeah, well, it's still some of my favorite uh, singing on any it's, album is the, what you did on that first album. Oh, I, thanks, man. I mean, I, I truly think Josh Trammell's voice was just it's, more it's was incredible. just better than than anything going on in in the scene. I, I he, he he had a special oh, yeah. singing voice, and that's. That's yeah. why our early stuff kind of shined through all the rest of the local bands. Is I strictly it's so cool. because of Josh's voice. And uh, when he quit, man, and you know this goes back to third grade with me and him. So we we were basically in bands for ten years up even up until this point. Wait, hold on, I'm going to stop you real quick. Don't the, to be fair, his voice, but that but Scott Carter's screaming. Like I still have the very first shoot. Uh, Bears beats and it's he he, he had a, he had a whole different thing uh, in and of itself. It, uh, the, I really wish we could have finished an entire EP with with both of them together, all three of us essentially. Um, but he the, the whole reason it didn't work out with Scott is he wasn't writing any of the parts. You know he he was he was younger yeah. than us, so he would we would get to the studio and we'd all be ready. And at this point, we were, I, I was like militant about how we ran the band. And we'd get in there, and he wouldn't know what he was doing, and so I would have to like improv write. And we did one or two songs, and that's when, whenever we were in the studio doing the EP, we were like, "Okay, Danan." And it must have been shortly after that show that you mentioned earlier. We played with him because I remember I was like, "What about that guy with the baggy pants and the hair?" So uh, best kept secret in East Texas. Best kept secret. It really was. Um, but yeah, um, third grade. Sorry. No, yeah. So so when Josh left. Uh, that that definitely hurt, and then I, I we we couldn't find anybody that fit with us that we were willing to let in the band right before an album and commit to have them be on the album. That was my qualm. Was like, okay, we have all this all these songs that definitely need two singers, uh, but we're rushing finding a member, and we were, we were scared we were going to have somebody on the album that was going to last six months and then, and then leave. So I just ended up recording all of it, which, you know, there's not as much depth as I would like. I would have preferred to have, it's all written to be harmonies and, and back and forth with two people. So it was, I think it takes away, uh, from the overall sound, but I, I'm happy with, with the way my vocals ended up on that album. That does make sense. So there is a lot of back and forth. There was a, a lot of like complimentary going but yeah or there was not as much it seems like for sure damn um so then i know you guys ended up i don't really at this point it's pretty murky for me um i know it, uh, you guys ended up putting out the second album um and then next thing i know you're like in plot so 
I don't know how that yes. how that works out. So in two thousand, so you know, I, I I talked about that rough album cycle. We put out Revision Revise, and uh, we think we're on a good path because we did a couple good tours that first year. But then things just got real dry for us. Um, we did a handful of tours. We probably spent three months out of that first year on the road grinding out like hard tours. You know that. Uh, just kind of took it out of us. And, and once that starts happening, tensions start happening. Everyone starts questioning why we're doing this. Uh, well, I just hit a point where I was like, you know what? I wouldn't get along with everybody. Dana and I, and he'll tell you, um, we had a, we had our disagreements and just, it was just mostly from living in close quarters and needing someone to, to yeah, pick at, you know, or whatever. And so, uh, I, I was going through a lot. I was questioning everything because I'd been doing this for so long. And, and so I just hit a point where I was like, you know what? I need to try to do something else. Uh, I, I don't see uh, once Josh had quit and then Taylor Kimball, uh, our bass player, he had quit. And th- those were kind of like my right-hand man. Th- those were like my best friends. That. Yeah. And so then after, it was just me, J-Mod, Chris, and Danon. And I felt... Uh, I felt like it was time for me to go at that point. Um, they they kind of had an idea for what they wanted, and and I, I was just I didn't know what I wanted anymore. So I in 2011, which was only like it was probably a year year and a half after that album got released, I quit uh, Bullet, and it was only like two months later because my last tour with Bullet was uh, our headliner, and for some reason the plot and you was direct support for our headliner. There's a number of nights that we switched because we knew there was going to be walkouts, but so that that was their guitar player's last tour. And two months after all that, I'd quit. I get a message from Josh Childress from uh, the plot and you, and he's like, "Hey, do you want to come do a tour with us?" And I was like, "Thank God," because I quit two months in. I'm like, "What the hell am I going to do?" <laughs> <laughs> right. And and I get this from the grace of God. I get a an email from from Josh Childress, and uh, they fly me out like a month later, and I do two weeks of rehearsal, and we go out with uh, Chapel and After the Burial and and I uh, forget who else. and Amu- or, I don't know if that was the... Yeah, I think it was Amur and, and White Chapel, the Brothers of Brutality Tour was the first That's one. when you stayed... I think that's when you all stayed at my house in California. Yeah, probably. Because uh, you, you guys and Fit were on tour at the same time, and both of you guys stayed at the house at the same time. And it was oh, like, dude. Oh, yeah. I remember was, we got, like, tacos or burgers yeah. or something that day. Oh, oh yeah. We, we, that was, like, one of the best times before I left California. I don't know how that ended up, because I think they were on tour with Impending Doom, I think, and you guys were on tour with, yeah, Chapel and Amir. That makes sense. Yeah. Dude, I, I totally forgot about that, but that was a good day. That was awesome, because, like, I mean, I was, I was a big plot fanboy, so, like, I don't know they that could you watch your children burn album was like my Man, favorite it's, thing. It's the black sheep of all the albums, and of I course it it's is. the one I did with them. But but if you really dig into that album, man, there's some good stuff, dude. It's I mean, it's my it's easily my favorite because my favorite song before that was like the I don't remember how it goes. Maybe miscarriage. Yeah, mis- miscarriage. Yeah. Um, and I think the first time I heard that they were on like a Scarlet O'Hara tour or some bullshit, and. <laughs> Uh, then that could you watch your children? It's so new metal, and like also like a lot of the things on the album are pretty. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, it it was definitely an edgy album. I think that's why they they caught so quick because I wasn't a huge fan of them, but I remember uh, being in a hot topic. Austin Carlisle song might have been a thing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, probably. Now I remember being in Hot Topic and in, in in I think this is still back whenever they had like the headphones yeah. you could like preview albums. And I, I ran and I was like, oh, people have been talking about this album. And I heard it, and I didn't think too much of it. It wasn't my cup of tea, but everyone kept ranting and raving about the new plot. And so I gave the whole album a uh, a chance, and I was like, okay, this is actually pretty good. And so whenever we got that the tour that they did with Bullet, I was like, oh, sweet, you know, I get to see him live. And then it really wasn't until seeing them live and kind of understanding it that I was like, oh, this band's actually great. Man, yeah. See, that's kind of. I wish I could, I think I found it on, I don't know, fucking MySpace or Facebook. And I was just like, this is the weirdest sounding breakdown I've ever heard. And then we ended up seeing them and it was just like, wow. Plus like, homie puts a lot of emotion into these. Yeah, songs. man. He, he, he was a, especially at the time. And he'll tell you like, uh, cause you know, I came in after pretty much firstborn had, had done its entire album cycle and we're starting to write for the second one or it bland is starting to write for the second one. And, uh, you know, I meet these guys. I'm living with Ethan, their bass player. They all live together. The the old guitar player that that I replaced lived with Ethan's mom. Ethan lived with his mom. Landon lived with his mom. Everybody but Josh or Cole. And so I get in there and and I feel like the oddball out and I'm trying to read everybody. Well, Landon would just like wake up every day around like 2 p.m. or something ridiculous and just get super baked and go to his shed behind his parents' house for like 10 hours. And then he'd come home and, and then he'd have, you know, an entire track from Could You Watch Children Burton. We'd just listen to it and he'd be like, all right, you guys need to learn this. And we'd have to just sit there and we, we all, we, he'd just be like, learn it. And we'd just sit down and have to pick it out. There's no tabs. There was no nothing. Every once in a while, he'd be like, I'll sh- uh, he'd show us how to play something. But for the most part, it was like, here you go, boys. <laughs> Yeah, Damn, have at it. Damn, it's it's. I mean, it makes sense that it's a black sheep though, because like I've heard newer stuff that they put out. And oh, dude, liked. I it, I had no idea that that they were gonna go the way they did. I, I um the album that we were writing for the album that they put, I forget what it's called. Happiness and self destruction. We had probably gotten like two tracks, and, and he was trying to get us all a little more involved with with the new that new stuff. And I, I just thought, you know, the couple songs that he showed me were like, you know, singles or trying to be a little outside of the box with what, what, what we had been doing. But then I heard the entire album and everyone's been a stepping stone to kind of get to their sound now, which is doing really well for them. And, and yeah. so I'm really proud of, of the music they're putting out and what they're doing with their, uh, their band. I saw him. I want to say it was not that long ago, but I don't know what time it is anymore. Um, and I saw him with somebody, and it was the first time that I had seen him, because, fuck, I don't know. I, I haven't seen The Plot in You a ton of times. I don't know how. <laughs> um, but it was always, like, a weird thing where I just, like, mm-hmm. couldn't see him a bunch. And Lana was like, this is the first time I've ever played Denver Sober. And I was like, man, there's, like, a change in, like, the, the human oh, that's dude, playing, like, yeah, songs. Well, as soon as I saw them, after I had left, you know, when I was in the band during that stint, man, we were we were definitely known as a party band. We were, every night, especially Landon and I, like, we were kind of fire and ice, and we acknowledge it. Like, we, we, were, we were bad for each other at the time with where we were at in life and, and our decisions. But uh, I saw them shortly after, and it's like, Everything, their dynamic had changed, their mindset had changed, and I, I was super proud of Landon in particular getting his, uh, just his mind honed in on, on his craft, you know? Yeah, and it, I mean, it's, 
you can tell that it is and it's it really shows incredible. yeah the um um so how so how long were you with them then total was it like i want to say it was two years yeah uh i i I tried to think the other day i I quit my last tour was 2013 the very end of 2013 going into 14 uh with attila i forget who all was on that one but i know attila was on that one it was when they put out maybe rage i'm not sure uh it was a really good tour it might have i bet it was that about about that that life. life that's what it was yep the one after rage yeah. um and that killed i mean i i can't remember it's gonna bug me it might have been a mirror or a white chapel or something it was a band that i toured with before it was also on that bill but that was my last one in 2013 uh i i hit a point where uh man just a lot going on in life and i was tired of we, we were still struggling at the time you know uh gas prices were high we weren't selling albums uh i kind of hit a point once again where i was like why am i doing this um tension started to, to rise chelsea. was chelsea no, grand no i never actually Ari? toured was with chelsea grand no 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 on the four oh, four, you know what you're it. right was that's chelsea that's the fourth band? i think you're right it because they had yeah because Barry Tomorrow was the only one I didn't know. Yeah. Of. Okay. Sorry. I just no, that, randomly that was bugging me. To me. Uh, you're. I, I'm ninety percent sure you're right. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Sorry. Um. But back. No. Back yeah. That, so uh, I I hit the same the same point and like I said earlier, like Landon and I were were he he kind of took me in whenever I was the new guy and and we hung out and we he was kind of my guy in that band and. And uh, certain things happen. We let girlfriends on tour. No girlfriends on tour was the rule. And we both had them each come for a handful of days to California. And they ended up hating each other. And so somehow, like, you know, that spiraled into, like, Landon and I having some tension. And that was just kind of, like, the beginning of the end of my mindset in the band. Uh, just being burnt out. It, it just got to the point where I was burnt out personally. And I, they're all living right next to each other. And they had been doing this as friends for so long. And I'm sitting there commuting from Texas. So, you know, all a six-week tour for me is nine weeks because I had to go a week and a half before and after. So it was just a lot, a lot of uh, travel, a lot of stuff where I just had to make a call uh, and, and dip out. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, thank you for sharing that. I, I had never known how exactly. I mean, like I, I honestly thought that you were part of the symbiosis writing for. No, I, I didn't have. To me. I'd never heard any of those songs until they came out. Damn, that's crazy. Was that a weird feeling? Like the ba- a band that you dude, were, like a part of. It was so long, a weird feeling, then. and I'm not gonna lie. And I, 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 there's no tension or hard feeling on this now. But I, I was in the plot when when that album came out. And I remember talking with uh, one of the guys. It, it was either Damon or Danon because I, I, Chris is a pretty uh, reclusive guy for the most part. But uh, I remember being like, hey, man, email me the album. And they were like, dude, we're scared of it leaking, so we can't do that. And I'm sitting there like, it's me. <laughs> so I was oh, a little – I was butthurt, right. man. I was like, you guys can't send, like, you know, what am I going to do? It, I, I, it just, I thought that they thought like I would maliciously bleak it or something, but I was like, you know, right. it, it's, this was a part of my life for five, 10 years too. I, I wanted, so I was definitely a little hurt by that at the time, but at the same time, I see, I, I probably would have done the same thing. So there's definitely no hard feelings there. 
But yeah, that it was uh, first time. First I heard of it was when they released the single "Red Medic." I want to say, which I think is one of the better songs on the album. It's uh, I've listened to it on and off, but I mean, if I'm being honest, it's to listen to the first album more. Actually, I've probably listened to the EP more yeah, than touche. anything. But that's like that. It's I mean. It's so dope. I actually played Dial In for Murders for someone the other day, and they were like, what is this? They were like, it sounds like 08, but it's, I dig it. And yeah, like, it, it definitely like was. That, that very well may have been 07 even. That's how long ago that was. Who knows? Man, I did, you guys were a band for before I knew what things yeah. were. I'll tell you that. Because, like, I mean, Jed was my neighbor for years, so the first thing – I found out about any of that, as you can imagine, was when like, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, and fucking it started. So I think Bullet had been a band for a bit longer than, yeah, we for a while. uh, I would say 2005 for or six, probably 2006. Yeah, right. So, like, at least a year because I know that shit didn't start till we were like juniors in high school for us. Um, so. What have you? Okay, last big music question. What was your favorite tour that you ever went on? Oh, uh, probably a toss up. My two favorites are literally going to be the first national tour I ever did, the first like actual tour with Asking Alexandria. That was just because it was a culture shock. It was like you're young, the come up feeling, just that everything was there for that tour. And just all the guys in all those bands were super cool. And then literally all the way, my tied or maybe slight second place would be the very last one and that was just because that tour was sold out every day and i was in a band that people gave a shit about so you know that that really helps rather than not we we weren't opening the show getting paid a hundred bucks we were in the middle of the bill and and uh had a little clout so it was it was a fun it's awesome i think Dane and I think definitely said that the asking tour was his favorite, and I, Jared said high things about it too. That tour is apparently like a all time tour. It, it, like really fucking... I, just looking <laughs> back on it, not only just because it was all three at the time of our biggest things that we had done, so but it, it really was just one of those tours where everybody's vibing, everyone constantly having a good time, and everyone's getting along. Just all the bands, so that doesn't always happen. Well, and like asking was on yeah, such that, a I rise, mean, like during that tour. Like it's like they got bigger yeah. by the end of the Oh, tour. and not a lot of people like, know this about was, them. They uh our first manager was a guy named Brian God, I can't remember his name. But it it was us a graceful, if you remember a graceful. Dude, I actually was gonna bring up a graceful earlier when you were talking about oh, Gwen Stacy about being like here for a second and then gone, but I know that Chris did like Monster of Flames, but dude, that's a band that I listen to and still talk I, about. I dude, I still to will too. Day, I, okay? I agree. That that and the old Amorosa albums with with uh, Chris. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Man, he's just yeah. man, you know, I love he, him. He's a nice fellow. He's a goob. He's like, he um, I haven't seen him in years. But uh shit, I for, I lost my train of thought on that. Um uh, oh yeah, us a graceful, and, and then our our manager actually found asking Alexandria, and um, so we we they were nothing. I mean, wow. I'm talking like we, he was showing us pictures of them, and they were playing with combo amps in London and stuff. And he was like, "Dude, they're gonna be the next big thing." And we were like, "They sound like everybody else, bro. Like we don't get it." Well, flash forward a little bit. Next thing we know, they're signed, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, they're staying at my house." And I talked with Danny on the phone, or no, it was Ben. I talked with Ben on the phone, and he was like, hey, dude, check this out. I kid you not. 
He's like, hey, dude, check this out. And he sets the phone down and they, they play a bullet song. And they're because they're rehearsing. And I was and still at this time. I'm like, who the hell are these guys? I thought it was lame. I was literally like, these guys are covered, you know. These guys, literally, little did I know they're writing the songs for uh, that first album that took them off. Stand Up and Scream. Yeah, Stand Up and Scream. They're sitting there writing all those songs as I'm thinking they're nothing, you know. So that that was a definite eye-opener for me of, like, don't judge everything before you see the final product. <laughs> Straight up, the only reason they were playing that song is because their song goes, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Well, see, then, like, then hey, there was. Another band does it. <laughs> They, 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 well, we ripped it from Oceana. Let's be real. Um, they said, "Oh dear God!" But no, yeah, that we toured with them, and there was a few riffs where we're like, there's- "I wouldn't think this because they're huge, selling out these venues." But I do know that they were covering our songs yeah. while they were writing this album, and I'm like, "There's definitely there may be some something there." Riffs. That's yeah, like- definitely speculation. But but hey, who didn't uh, who didn't? who didn't rip a riff at some point, man? Yeah, no, everyone. I mean. <laughs> I think the favorite my my the the two most favorite ones I've ever heard of is uh when some one of my guitarists that I played with accidentally wrote Five Minutes Alone by Pantera. And, and no and like somebody was like, dude, that's Pantera. And he's like, I've never listened to Pantera. And then like played it and was like, that's the song. And then the other day somebody texted me, he's like, You know the song that time ago? Apparently it's a Fall of Troy song, but I never listened to them, so I didn't know that. And I was dude, just no, that like, happens all the time. It's like either subliminally in your subconscious. Or, or you just coincidentally write a riff and it sounds like some other riff. I mean, it just happens. It does. Um, all right. So what are you up to now? What, what have you been up to in, I guess, the past 10 years? We know you're, you're, you're a father and about to be a second father. Yeah, all that. Father? That's the boring stuff. No, I mean, uh, so I played with a guy named Bryce Bangs who's making really cool music. He's, he's like a rock blues uh, singer here in Dallas. I played with him for a few years. Um, and we did, you know, some cool festivals and this, this, and that. Definitely check out Bryce Bangs if if you like blues or rock or anything like that. And then uh, I played with a good friend named Jose Sandoval. He goes by Sandoval, and it's kind of a EDM pop, just middle of the road uh, music. Um, and we we opened for like Erica Badu, and we did a lot of a lot of like small rooms, but. Uh, Wow. That that was probably the biggest thing that I'd done was open for Erica Badu. I got to meet Cedric the Entertainer that night, and um, besides that, man, just just writing and, and kind of doing my own thing for fun. I'll do I'll do weekend gigs at bars. Sometimes I'll just I'll uh book a, a open mic night and just show up and not tell. I won't even tell my friends. I won't even tell my girlfriend. I'll just go and play. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna schedule me a Benny's bar. Yeah, dude, yeah, I'll play for 10 people, but it's just, it, it, it's for me, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, um, I guess that kind of, I guess, I guess that kind of continues, that kind of ends the music part of it. Um, that's, that's all I have on the music side of things. Um, but yeah, I do have my cool down, probably. I do have my cool down questions, if you are ready. Let's cool down. All right. What's the cool? <laughs> what's the coolest place that you've ever been to coolest place so i did a handful of days in in europe and i i'd say places like vienna or budapest uh, certain places that were just so different from the culture that i was used to were the yeah. coolest places because it was just kind of a, a shock on uh i mean everything from the architecture to the people but i would say 
randomly one of my favorite places was always Seattle. And I have no idea why, but that was one of my favorite places to go. Um, maybe not the coolest place I ever went, but but yeah. Damn, that's awesome. I I I was like, man, you, he started off. I was like, Seattle, he's back, he's back in the States. I was like, I was waiting for it to be like something insane. What was? Um, yeah, is it just like the I, I remember every time I'd go like there, the I'd branch of off and uh and go like and literally just do the Seattle experience. I get like I go to a coffee shop and get a cup of coffee and read a book and like <laughs> it's just one of those things. And when you're on tour and you're crammed in a van with people, I think I think the reason I love. Seattle so much is because I took that time to get away and just like zen out, and so it was always kind of like a recharge the batteries day in Seattle. So maybe maybe that's why in my mind I liked it so much. That makes sense though. There's a couple of places I just recently moved back to like Southern California, and I lived there like ten years ago, and it was just yeah, like, dude, oh, triggers some of those. Here. It was just those old memories. Like and- yeah, oh, and you're like you just do California things, and you're just like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go have some fun um all right what was the coolest what was your favorite venue favorite venue Ooh, man a lot of them kind of bleed into each other i'm not gonna lie especially in the plot days uh okay definitely details are definitely blurry with that entire two years um bye let's see I mean, strictly based on the feeling that I got and just like it, it being a home base, I, the bridge was one of my favorite places I ever played it just because it was like home base. Um, and I, like at most venues, those those 600 to 1200 cap venues, man, they bleed together. <laughs> There's not much that makes them stand out. In my, in my opinion, I know that's pretty close minded. Yeah. They're, well, no, they all built the same. They're all the same. Or at least they're changing yeah. a lot now, but a lot of them are the same then too. The this one I actually do remember. Dana's oh, was the from seven wait, venue. seven. That was one that. Oh, Douglasville. Douglasville. Yeah, in uh, Georgia. That the was chariot, a, the that was actually. Venue. I'm I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna opt out on or opt into that one too because they had a a mini ramp and they'd let us stay. So we'd show up. You know, we'd get there the night before and then skateboard for like <laughs> seven yeah. hours and then fight the roaches off while we slept on the floor. Uh, yeah, that that might be mine too. I'll go with that. Yeah, they, they treated they you like family. They was. We got to stay there. Okay. Yeah, we got to stay there like twice, and then like they had the dumbass fucking rope swing, and so we I don't even remember there, that. But do you remember how bad the roaches it, were? I don't. So so I, honestly, I, I always had no. an issue sleeping on tour with Bullet. I was sober. I was wiry. I probably had ADHD that was undiagnosed. Um, so you know everyone would go <laughs> to sleep, and I would be awake. Well, as soon as everyone goes to sleep, man, and I'm the only one awake, the roaches came out. So, like, these guys wake up six hours later. I've got a bandana around my head. I'm looking like Rambo. I've got a broom. And I'm just, like, murdering these roaches all night. And they're like, dude, did you sleep? And I'm like, I was protecting you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, Derek, what the fuck? Dude, I have a story like that. I See, I don't. I always slept in the van even when we had, I like, was that guy, sometimes. too. I understand I that. I Not all the time, it. but I get that. I get that. Yeah, like there was a couple of times, like uh, we, there was like a guy that like I went to high school with, and he like lived in North Carolina, and his dad had a mansion. I slept in that house, but like 
there was like other times where like the entire band would like sleep in a house, and I was like, I'll if just you know you're sleeping on the floor the with a bunch of dudes, and, uh, it's easy to be like, I want because if yeah. you're by yourself in the van, it's kind of it's spacious if you're as long as you're by yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. And like we had one of those conversion vans, so oh, we had like yeah, nice yeah. captain's chairs for everything. So like we didn't we didn't switch over to like a 15 passenger shitty van until like the next time, and then you yeah. had nowhere to sleep, and that sucked. So, uh, but. They stayed at a house in like Rhode Island, and I was like, "Nah." It was like me and somebody else from one of the other bands were like, "Nah, we're gonna stay in the van and we're just gonna chill because we like, you know, when you like meet someone, you're like, we're bonding, bro. We're just gonna like we're staying up anyway. What else do we have to do?" And the guys the next day, I was like, "How was the house?" And they were like, "Dude, I think they were squatting." And I was <laughs> what? like, "What? Why do you think that?" And they're like, "Well, there was no electricity, and they were like, there was only cold water." And they were like, we were using our phone light to like take a shower, and then there was yeah, like bugs everywhere. And I was like, that sounds oh no, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Sounds pretty squatty. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, Ugh. so like, nah, just couldn't be, couldn't be me. Like, funny, fucking horrible. Ooh, on tour, when were you the most fucked? Now. Or not even tour at a show anytime. Now that could be like mm, fucked up, or that could be like when you're like, "Oh, we're super fucked," kind of way. It's either story you want to tell. Like, like, okay. Um. So, so, first, first tour I ever did with Plot that that Brothers of Brutality tour. We uh, we're we're gonna drive overnight to get to the first show, and we stay. We're staying at somebody's house you know, a couple hours away from wherever we were. And I forget whose house we were staying at. But anyways, Landon and I wanted to go to the gas station to get beer and cigarettes. So we take the van. As we're pulling away, he turns too early by the gas pump. You, you know those cement yeah. pylon-looking yeah. things? We hit, we hit wheel, a trailer wheel straight against one of those, right? And he's like, shit. Well, I'm a weekend in meeting all these guys, and Landon's Landon. And he tells me, don't tell them. So I feel obligated not to tell them. Well, we get up the next day, and the trailer is completely off its axis, uh, off its axle, and we can't leave. We're we're stranded, and the guys I, they we talked about it years later. They knew exactly what had happened, or for the most part. But so they're looking at us like, "What happened last night?" And Landon's just sticking by his lies, <laughs> dude. Nothing like we, this happened. Somebody must have hit us, and they're looking at me, and I'm sitting there between a rock and a hard place, thinking like. I don't want to lie to these guys, but at the same time, I don't want to to go against Landon's trust. So I'm like, I have no idea, guys. I have no idea. And um, we we had to spend a week getting our trailer. We we missed the first week of that tour because uh because Landon and I drunkenly went on a beer oh run. Oh my god! But I will say, if if you want to talk about the other uh, meaning of fucked, there was probably more instances of like taking LSD in, in Arkansas from a stranger or, you know, just ran things where I was definitely probably more fucked by every sense of the word than that. But uh, to me, that's a no, both story. of those work. Like we had one, I think it was actually Michael from Michael relocate dropped his white iPhone when he was drunk in the snow. And that was like, mm -hmm. oh, and that was shit. his second phone of the tour. And it was only like a week and a half into the tour. <laughs> so, <laughs> that would be. Did they ever no. find it? He had to buy another. Oh phone. He my! Like three phones in one tour. Snow melts, and and some lucky bastard's gonna be one iPhone right? up on that. Like he was like, I dropped my white <laughs> iPhone. I was like, oh, okay. He's like in the snow, and I was like, oh fuck. 
I'd be willing to bet the one he ordered afterwards. No, wasn't it wasn't. White. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, so this is a fun one that sometimes people are good with. So we've pretty much been stuck in our homes a long time. What's been some good quarantine watches that you've watched? Oh Lord, man! I went through, I went through a lot of stuff during the quarantine. I definitely rewatched Game of Thrones just to, to give it the old college try the second time. Everybody had a qualm with the ending. I think if you when I benched it the second time around and went, just watched it straight through, it wasn't so bad. So if if you're Game of Thrones fan, disappointed by the ending, give it another shot. Um, I'm also the kind of guy that's a creature of habit. So I wa- I've watched every season of Friends at least. I mean, 10 times probably, and every season of The Office probably the 10 times. Or Parks and Rec. I watch those nonstop. Uh, the Witcher. I did The Witcher. Um, oh, and then uh, what's that mo- uh, show? Snowpiercer. Uh, I'm big on the Snowpiercer. What's that one? It's, uh, you know, there was a movie with uh, Chris Evans, but it's a series now. Uh, the... Uh, the earth froze over and the only people alive are, are on this train that never stops moving. And, uh, the back of the train people are, are the poor people trying to get to the front of the train. It's pretty, pretty straightforward story, but there's a lot of juice in there. There's a lot of juice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. How did the internet play development in your coming of age of music? Well, MySpace. I mean, let's get real. I, we both came up in the era where it went, I I don't know if you remember Zanga. Yeah. But I yeah, so you know, I bring it up so many pot times, and people are like, "What the fuck is Zanga?" And I'm dude, like, not a lot of people, because Zanga. I know that there's a handful of social medias before MySpace, but for me, Zanga was was the one I used. Same before, but anyways, um, Zanga into MySpace. MySpace was the first social media platform, at least that, to my knowledge, that you could really uh, dig into music and find music. So uh, I, I think that. MySpace was the reason uh, Bullet for Pretty Boy had a career because I would go and see these other bands, mimic them, you know, find their music, see what they're doing to be successful. Uh, even uh, at the time, bands were more accessible, so like I could, you know, I would message bands like uh, Attack Attack or something. They weren't that big at the time, but you know, they'd message back, and I we'd get to have conversations, and I'd learn from them. So definitely MySpace and, and that in the internet era probably is the only reason uh, Bullet ever got to to do and a number of those metalcore bands or just bands in that time definitely utilized MySpace. But yeah, that was big for us. Shout out Zoomers, listen up. <laughs> the, the, yeah, right. All of that classic rock you listen to now. This is, this is how it came to be. <laughs> the classic rock. <laughs> is it? Is it? Are we there yet? We might be. Um. Well, uh, there's like, I saw some things, and it was like songs that are turning twenty, mm-hmm. and it was not good. But there's yeah. a, a lot of albums that are turning twelve, and like any album that came also out in 2012, good. like. Uh, it's a decade yeah i mean there's so many like if i'm not mistaken i want to say like descendants might have came out in like 2012 so like there's like a whole bunch of metalcore albums that came out yeah they're old 10 years at least a decade ago and you're just like damn i mean because when did uh revision revise come out like 2011 i believe and so it's been 12 years yeah yeah that's wild to me and i mean the ep's 15 15 years old Uh, it's wow yeah, that's just, it's weird to think. The, 
I'm, see, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago when people were like, I'm going to go see Bullet. And they're like, dude, a Bullet, a Bullet for my Valentine's and Tyler? And you're like, no. <laughs> How many times? You, I, I, we got to the point where we would say other, like, people would be like, what band are you in? We would always just be like, August Friends Red, Under Oath. Because <laughs> we were so tired of being like, Bullet for Pretty Boy, is that like Bullet for my Valentine? God. Or you- <laughs> I remember so many people were like, do they think they're like Pretty Boys? And I was like, no, God, you're dumb. Yeah. You're so Yeah, stupid. no, I... The main question, which one's the pretty boy? It would always be some girl coming to the merch table. Which one's the pretty boy? I was like, he's a gangster. He's dead. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Dude. Nobody knew the reference. Well, and like, I was thinking, talking about old stuff. We were, I was hanging out with some friends, and uh, they owned Tyler Thrift, and Dallas was showing me some old, old shirts, and he pulled out an old and an in their after shirt. And I was like, damn, it'd be wild to like see like the old bullet for pretty boy shirts. Like the there was a yellow one with a bullet on it, I think. Oh yeah, that was our first printed one. I used to have the first fit shirt. And I don't oh know my god, bullet. that was bad. The, yeah, I wore it to Warp Tour once when they played. <laughs> and people were like somebody went up to I was like hanging out with Jared and they're like, What are you wearing? He's like, Oh, that's the first fit shirt. And someone's like, That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, fit fit shirts and bullet shirts in the early days were both really bad. <laughs> they, they were both. Hey, it's not as bad as the Wham shirts that we had. The I hate and the I love Wham hey, shirts. Yeah. It's like we were all in a contest. Oh yeah, dude, I remember those. We were all in a contest for the worst shirt. We just <laughs> didn't know, know it. I remember those. Yeah, <laughs> dude, we had so many I love shirts. Nobody fucking bought them. <laughs> no way. I would have thought that was a decent idea. <laughs> it was, but everybody bought the hate shirts. Like fucking uh, everybody uh, was wearing the I hate Wolves of shirts. It's more ironic and funny. I get it. I get it, it is. It was uh, it was cheap too. You always find like one guy who's like, "I screen print. I'll do you four hundred shirts for four hundred bucks," and you're like, "Deal." Yeah, dude. Yeah, I remember those days. Uh, okay. Um, ooh, what's your favorite food that nobody would suspect? Favorite food? Well, I'm a sweets man. Um, I have to. I have to constantly avert from stuffing my face. I'm the kind of guy that'll get like a pack of little Debbies and eat all ten that night, you know. Um, <laughs> Dude, I, I, as long as they're like zebra cakes or like the Christmas tree. Yeah. Cakes like oh yeah. The holiday versions of zebra cakes. Gas. Like I haven't had them. I, I the Christmas trees. There's Christmas tree cakes. Then there's like the heart ones, and then like for fall they yeah. come out with like uh, ones that are like chocolate, and they're also the white ones too. But like. They have like fall colors on them. They're basically just zebra yeah. cakes. They just have different colors or they're shaped like a heart or a Christmas tree or a pumpkin and they're gas. But I mean, I'm a sucker for, I guess, artificial fake cake. Yeah. I mean, shit, I don't, pump it full of sugar. That, that's my thing. I, um, uh, excuse me. I, um, anything that's sweet, I will eat until I get sick. So I would say maybe like seriously right? like cake or, or ice cream. Literally. Okay. Ice cream is, is my favorite thing to eat. Um, that's pretty standard for everybody, but I, I will I will go through like two or th- two gallons of ice cream a week if I'm if I'm on my game. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, so yeah. Right now, I'm I'm trying to get in. Uh, I'm getting in my phys- fitness realm, but uh, I, two years ago, I was I actually gained forty pounds. I was eating two gallons of ice cream a week. I'm no kidding. <laughs> I was gaining weight so fast. Sheesh. Yeah, that's yep. that's, that's a shitload. Um, yeah. okay, I would not have suspected. Um, <laughs> as they say, that Derek boy has always been as skinny as a rail. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know who they are, but they sound uh, they sound ignorant. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're skinny as a rail, man. They're from White House. Don't worry. No. Um, okay. <laughs> um, what are the? All right, this is pretty much the last couple ones. What are the top three strangest smells you enjoy? For example, some people enjoy like the smell of bleach. Um, okay, yeah, I like the smell of like uh, a salon when you go into it. I don't know why. Ooh. No, that's uh, I, I, the. There's probably uh, fumes in the air of those places that get you high. No, I'm just That's kidding. That's probably what um, it is. I'm probably just like <laughs> fucked up and I'm just like, damn, this is awesome. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think there's a common one, but gasoline. I love the smell of gasoline. Um, I'll tell you a weird thing. And, and, you know, there's only like a handful of people that knows about me. When I get nervous, I smell the tips of my fingers. Very and there's not smart. like a, there, there's not a specific smell, but like. That I I guess I like the smell of it because when I'm anxious I smell it to comfort me. So that's a weird. weird Dana always used to give me shit for that. He was like, "What are you doing? Smelling my fingers?" Um, and man, I don't know. Besides that, gasoline fingers. Let's let's get real. Everybody likes the smell of their own brand. Anyone who lies to you, Dude. anyone who says otherwise is lying to you. <laughs> Every once in a while, you'll rip one. You're like, "What's that?" <laughs> Anyone who says otherwise is lying. Everybody that's listening to this is like, that's facts, dude, but I'm never going to tell anyone. Yeah, no one will admit to that. I'm here on the record saying that every once in a while I'll rip one, and I'm like, hey, that's cool. That's You do you, my guy. I love that. Uh, okay, what was the funniest prank you've ever played on somebody on the road or had done to Oh, you? my God. So this one I, I tell a lot, so I'm going to tell this one. I'm going to leave uh, – this specific name out because it's one of those ones that I feel bad for. <laughs> um, but it, I will say it was Bullet for Pretty Boy Days early on. So we are at McAllister's and we we all get done Check eating. We McAllister's go, Deli. Yeah, we're at McAllister's Deli, bro. We we were obviously still in East Texas because right. I don't know if they even exist no, outside of there. They actually no shit. They're actually they do. There's one in Aurora. What was? Do COVID, they really? COVID got it. Yeah, you saw uh, us get the potato soup with the bread bowl. Um, or the nachos. I always thought it was a was a East Texas gym. Now you're, you're making me sad to know that it's a chain out we there. But I guess I should have known. We always have. Juices. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. We do have juicies. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Where? Oh yeah, uh, prank. Um, so we we go out. The specific guy he's driving, and I'm sitting passenger. Well, he has to go back in to pee. I had to pee too. So I <laughs> pee in his tea. Well, he comes out. And he drinks the tea, immediately realizes it's piss. He throws his drink out the window. We're parked still. And he goes for my tea, which I also peed in because I knew he would do this. So then he gets a second gulp of pee and throws it out. Now, this sounds really mean, but we all kind of ran. We, we all kind of went at each other. So, uh, so it, it, was it was a, a pretty different even time. <laughs> it was a different time. But uh, I just always, I, to, uh, it's so, it's so devious, but uh, I just, the, the peeing in the second cup was <laughs> to me what makes that story uh, a good prank. Cause he, he thought he was going to get a refreshing beverage and then got a second helping second swig, a second helping, if you will, of, uh, of pee. So yeah, I don't know that, that was one of the more extreme pranks, but to me, it's a funny one. <laughs> That's amazing. If, uh, if whoever did that happened to hears this, I apologize. I've already apologized many times for this, but yeah. They're like, son of a bitch, dude. <laughs> that's that's why I'm leaving the names anonymous here. I don't want I don't want to throw anyone under. Um, okay. 
So before we go to Suggestion Avenue and then the final question of the show, um, this is a, a – I believe I know this to be true, but it, it's a rumor that I've always been curious about. Uh, you were talking about attack attack and stuff, and I was thinking about it, and that's what spurred it. Did you go to school with Austin at some point in Longview? No, no. So Austin has family in Longview. And so, uh, you know, I talked earlier, I touched on MySpace, and I used attack attack as a reference. Well, Austin and I kind of got acquainted and actually, you know, started t- hanging out, well, talking outside of MySpace. And he uh, he visited a few times, so we would you know go out to the mall, and uh, he he basically had me drive him around, and we'd hang out. We'd go to Juicy's. See, that's uh, how I know that because I remember on Twitter one day somebody asked him like what his favorite restaurant was, and he was like Juicy's, and all of us saw it. We're like, dude, there's just no way that that's a fucking coincidence. Yeah, but it's so funny because when when I went with him, he was like, man, I remember it being better, but I'm not going to tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we we went shopping for his uh girlfriend at the time at uh in the mall and, and so yeah he didn't go to school out here but he had ties out here so whenever we connected uh when he'd come into town we would hang out and that, yeah not i always was walking around the mall like man this guy's so cool <laughs> nobody knew who he was for the most part but and they were like who's this tatted up fucking guy with <laughs> yeah he definitely he's six six five tatted up he he was a stuck out out here in Longview. Oh, I'm sure. Okay, so Suggestion Avenue, it's time to rock on down to. So, in this segment, what we do is basically like anybody or a show or something you listen to or whatever that you don't think gets enough shout out that people that you think people should know about. So sometimes people will do podcasts, sometimes they'll do like artists, sometimes it's like a YouTuber, so things like that. Um, do you have anybody? You can do multiple people. That yeah. Let's see here. I will say my buddy Jose Sandoval, uh, I used to play for him, and he's releasing music that, in my opinion, should be uh, should be bigger than it is. Uh, he goes by Sandoval with two L's, I believe. Uh, definitely check him out if you like EDM or anything like that. And then, let's see. Uh, I got a buddy named Ryan Muller. You know Ryan Muller. You might know Ryan Muller. Um, He's he's just an old the buddy. He he uh, he's an artist and a drummer. Uh, he goes by Rain Moulter, but uh, he he plays drums. He he makes a lot of content and a lot of art on uh, on Instagram and what have you. And definitely check him out. He's he's just an underrated artist, under underrated creative person, if that makes any sense. Um, one of those guys that that's like yeah. a, a weird genius, but doesn't know how to use the internet, <laughs> essentially. Um, yeah. That might be it. All right. So our final question for season four, since you're the second episode of season four, is where were you when? So basically in this segment, we're going to cover historical events, and we're going to talk about where you were when you found all this stuff out. Um, You get to choose a number between 1 and 37, sans 11. Uh, So. 17. Oh, what does that mean? It says, where were you on April 25th? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> oh, I know what it is. That's uh, the perfect date because it's not too hot and it's not too cold. It's just right. It's a miscongeniality joke. Okay. Try again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try another number. Yeah, that, I was going to say, I couldn't tell you where I was on April 25th. Um, uh, you, you said 31 uh, to 37. Uh, 36. 
<laughs> Where were you when the Super Bowl 38 halftime show shocked the world? I'll give you a guess of which one it was. Yeah, uh, well, I was going to say, uh, is, that, is that the uh, the Janet Jackson one? Sure is. Oh, uh, yeah. Shoot, you, I couldn't tell you where I was at because I wasn't watching that game, but I was definitely on the road or something like that. I don't remember. I, uh, I, I couldn't tell you where I was. I do remember we were all, wherever I was, we all pulled our phones out or got on our computers. I don't know if we had the technology at the time. don't remember. Um, but we were all trying to find a picture. That was definite, a definite thing. We were like, there's no way. There's no way. Man, that was in 2004. Hold on. Yeah, okay. Because I, I, was, I was thinking, I was like, we didn't pull our phones out. We didn't have phones. I was like, we didn't have phones. We were hopping, like, on the, hopping on the uh, dial-up probably at the time. Shit. <laughs> AOL, what happened in the Super Bowl? Yeah. I, so, yeah, I definitely Amazing. wasn't on the road. But uh, I, I, was, I was obviously with friends, and, and we all, whatever house we were at, got on the computer, and we're all searching for... For a what booby the pick. fuck just went on? <laughs> booby pick. It's a TP. It's a tip pick, It's a bro. TP, bro. A little side boob, huh? Yeah, big time. Big um, time. Well, that's really all um, All I have for the interview. Did you have fun? Yeah, man. This was a good time. First first podcast, so I didn't know what to expect, but it was essentially just you and I catching up, or I, more so you catching up with me. There was, <laughs> we, I'll, I'll, I'll do yeah, a podcast right? of just catching up with old friends, and, and uh, we'll have one. That sounds amazing. Yeah, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. Honestly, I've been, um, I had a list of people whenever I started this with uh, Mike Knight, and uh, you were definitely one of the ones at the top of the list. And I was like, can't wait. We're going to have to do Derek at some point. And then we did Dana, and I was like, fuck, can't have two bullet, bullet pretty boy people like right back to back. Yeah, I was yeah. like, nah, I got to fucking wait. And so then we went off the rails and did like a bunch of people in England and like Australia and stuff. So now we're doing a whole bunch of people that I know again because it's more fun. So honestly, it's been. Yeah, truly dude. a pleasure to have you on. I'm glad we man. we got to do it. I'm glad uh, it because I know timing was kind of an issue. I'm glad we got to to make it happen. Yeah, it's like you're like, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I'm at a rave. You're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I, I, just, I, I remember at the time too. I I had family sick and I was going through all this stuff. I was like, there's no way this is ever going to line up. And so whenever you reach back out, I was like, okay, yes, we can do this now. We can do it. Perfect. 2022. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a it was an interesting weekend. I've never been to a. I've only been to like two raves. Um, and yeah, where were you? Well, I was in Salt Lake. So I sell vintage clothes now. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like thrift and then uh, all that stuff. So I like, go to different places. So like we did uh, – I actually sold an Unsilent Night the other day at the Zemer show. Oh, nice. Um, and it actually was like – did really well. Um, but we've been going to like different concerts and stuff because vintage is so in right now. And like I know music stuff better than I know like – pop-up things for the most part so mm. like i was like i'm gonna go to this and so we got yeah but yeah anyway so that that that's uh that's that i kind of like rambled on a tangent there but anyway i do appreciate you um hanging out with me and enjoying the time because it definitely was it's been great absolutely man We're, we'll have to get on the phone and actually uh and actually catch up pretty soon that would be awesome you take care yeah man take it easy absolutely and once again, we have concluded another episode of You Guys Are Getting Paid. I hope you enjoyed this Derek Seacrest episode. I think it's pretty tight. We're doing a pretty strong and pretty consistent for season four. I am having a good time I'm doing the show, obviously. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. It really does mean a lot. We, um, It's just me talking to some people that I know and maybe some people that you know, but for the most part, it's just me you know, catching up with old people. So it's uh, – or old people, old friends. It's you know, a blast and really does mean a lot. Feel free to uh, you know share the show, tell more friends about it. it you know it, anything like that helps. You know, leave us a 
comment. Honestly, leaving like a review or liking the show or you know a star, five stars, whatever have you, wherever you listen to it, does a lot for our show. We really like doing this, and there's nothing that's going to stop us from doing it. I guess it's me. There's no us, but stop me from doing it. But it just is nice to have some feedback and, you know, things like that. So thank you once again for listening to the show. We're going to zoom out, as Tauntaun would say, and let you listen to the end of the – or the rest of the continuation of the song that we talked about or that we showed you earlier. And it's actually one that we teased, that it's called Digging Your Grave by The Plot and You. Uh, if you are someone in The Plot and You and you hear this, please don't come for me in the comments or with the C and D. We didn't really ask for permission this time. So, yeah. For you guys who are getting paid, I am Patrick Sanders uh, signing off. Have a great rest of your week or I guess weekend when this comes out. Thanks so much. See you next time.